I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch at Scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello! <laughs> Hello! Hello! Friends, this is episode 199. You! You! <laughs> Oh, uh, why? Because we refuse to acknowledge episode 200 until such times as the world has recalibrated itself, somewhat reclaimed normalcy. We are recording this on the eve of the American election, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Who else is having 17 snack-sized Kit Kats for breakfast? Your man's is. <laughs> Tell you that much. Wow. I already finished all the Halloween candy. Oh, man. I was like, I, there's no way a pack of 50 snack-sized chocolates is going to, like, go within a week. We are on pace, y'all. We are on pace. We're going to be first to 270 in this house, I'll tell you that much. <sighs> and I'm getting some I'm getting some inquiries from the listeners. They want to know, Kate. Yeah. They want to know. We're, we're rapidly approaching the end of the alphabet here. Yeah. What's what's going to happen? What's going to happen when you hit 199Z? Listen, you don't need to worry. You shut your mouth. You don't need to worry about what's happening at the end of the alphabet. We will let you know what happens. We definitely have a plan. <laughs> sort of. Right? Kind of. I think so. We talked about it once. But anyway. We talked about it. <laughs> it was discussed. Friends, if you want to go back and listen to any of our other 199 episodes or any of our other episode 199s, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Click follow, subscribe, daps, give up the dap. Uh, there's probably a big like star button or a thumbs up. Thumb, thumbs up, thumbs up's a good one. Some sort of circle yeah. or star, yes. And when you do that, that's the only thing you have to do. Because from henceforth, new episodes of this program will be delivered directly to your device by your man. Sir Chauncey Bastilicus III, MD. The Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh, girl. He just what? wants. I I was changing it up. I know. <laughs> I'm not changing my thing up. That's what I always do. <laughs> I always say, "Oh, girl, he's gonna slap those episodes." <laughs> Step on my gimmicks, <laughs> you monster! I am a monster because it's still spooky season. <laughs> you want to know why it's spooky season? Why? Because it's five fifteen and it's already dark. <laughs> So Chauncey will take care of all your podcast needs. He's just going to dribble or drop or slap those episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else because we know you're leading busy lives, avoiding social media for the next two weeks to four years, depending. <laughs> uh, if you want to share your anxieties with us, friends, you can do it by most of your social medias, primarily Twitter. It's where we hang out the most, but maybe not for much longer. Get up off Twitter. We'll see. I gotta make some. Cha- I gotta make some changes to my life in general, as I've already realized today. And if you want to support this endeavor financially, you probably should not. We don't know what's coming, so. 
Yeah, just they're, hang on to your hang on to your cash. They're boarding up windows in Washington as we speak for whatever political violence is coming because it's gonna be something. Wee. So I'm really <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't do funny things like that when I'm drinking tea. <laughs> it's the Rona. <laughs> oh, it's in my nose. <laughs> Oh, that, that's ginger. like the that's the that's the gold star, friends. <laughs> that's the extra special gold star. Oh. That's the that's the you the best sticker on your sweater. Bastard! <laughs> you make Kate snort tea out her nose. Friends, we need to welcome you. You wait for it all year. We wait for it all year. Really, sometimes I think if we had our druthers, we would just only do this podcast for one month out of the year for November Crapathon. Hmm. <laughs> Calm down. Crapathon is here. I love this time of year. Crapathon is here. You're excited. Hopefully, we can provide a respite for whatever horrors are flooding the world outside. Kate, I have to adjust my notification settings because. I get too many notices on my devices to let me know that some reporter I follow is tweeting out a story about, you know, voter suppression in Texas or or dipshit saying he's going to telling people he's just going to call victory the second he's ahead and undermine whatever follows. Like, I just, you know what? I've already decided. I think we established maybe off mic, but I'll say it on mic. Fuck it. I already have injustice fatigue. And I understand this is my right as a white person that I understand it is my privilege to be able to just kind of opt out. Although I don't feel like I'm opting out as much as I'm just, you know, freezing like a possum. Like, like I'm just frozen and I'm just waiting for things to like stop. So I work with someone uh, who totally into American politics mm. And was going talking about you know they're gonna they're gonna be like glued to their television tomorrow and no, just yeah that is actually the opposite. I'm turning all notifications off. I'm not going online. Bitch, I might all, be on airplane mode for like 36 <laughs> hours, like. <laughs> Um, which is weird because, you know, we kind of live on the internet a little bit, but I've already picked out the movies I'm going to watch. Nice. And I've decided I'm just not going to do that. Because, like, if it happens, and we understand, we all have PTSD from four years ago where everybody was like, it's fine. It'll be fine. And I remember, I'm sure, God, I'm sure we've, I'm sure there's an episode of this podcast from four years ago where we recount <laughs> When it happened, but I remember telling the story of being out for a friend on her birthday. I took her out for dinner on her birthday because we could do that then. (laughs) We could eat indoors and stepping and seeing like, you know, initial projections on my way down and then slowly watching. We were at like some wing joint on College Street and like watching things start to happen on the television over her shoulder and then literally like Lloyd Bridges in the movie Airplane, stepping out onto the street, opening up 538 and going, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking and found the first convenience store I could and bought like three packs of cigarettes because, oh, oh, ooh. So I know that like 
the polls are saying what the polls say. All the projections are saying what the projections say. They said a lot of similar things four years ago, and we understand it's a different story now because it's a man running against him. So probably a little more accurate because <laughs> Americans hate women. So maybe it's a little bit, but I just, I got to If the unthinkable happens, which I don't even want to, I don't even want to entertain the notion, but like, y'all, I'm out. I am opting out of Inform Jordan. I'm going to just accept being stupid and not knowing anything about anything. And when the bombs drop, it'll be a surprise for me because that's the way I got to live my life going forward. (laughs) Wow. That was dark. Well, wow. Not to put too fine a point on it, y'all, but the American experiment is, mm. and I don't want to watch it burn anymore. We got our own problems up here. We got enough of our own problems up here. But by and large, by and large, although apparently people were spotted fucking MAGA hats out at whatever this week's, uh, you know, no mask protest was. Not a surprise. Here in Toronto. Like, it just continues to baffle me that, like, everyone knows what the game is. Everyone knows what the game is. It's just white supremacy. Like, quit trying to dress it up in, you know, my freedom or whatever the fuck else you think it is. It all goes back to white supremacy. And if you don't entertain that notion or you disagree with it, I don't have a spot for you in my life. I think I saw something making the rounds on Facebook. Again, flag that notion <laughs> with all the salt, all the salt thrown over your shoulder and every red flag you can possibly muster. But it was some post of allegedly, you know, and I'm doing this. I read it once and I won't be able to find it again for accuracy. But I mean, it was basically like a viral post about, you know, black and white photo of like men and women laughing, mostly women. And apparently, you know, they were like Germans who worked at Auschwitz. And it's like, look how happy they are. They're just on their day off. They're having a great time. They look like really nice people. You know, the punchline being like all these people who are like, there are good people on both sides and, you know, you shouldn't just discount somebody for their political views, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't need to know them. Yeah. I don't care. Like, <laughs> that's where we're at. If you, you dress it up however you want, it's white supremacy. And just fingers crossed, y'all. Fingers crossed that by the time you hear this this week, it will be a, a marginally brighter day in America. So, I mean, to that end, I would like to give you something more, you know, festive to listen to. I just want to harp on this the entire front half of the show. But it does kind of tie in because, Kate. Yes. I realize I am managing my anxiety through e-commerce. <laughs> Uh-huh. And shit is wild. <laughs> yeah. Good news, guys. I spent all my money. Oh, my God. So I had a birthday a couple weeks ago, and that started it, where it was just like, fuck it. It's my birthday. What up, Discogs? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Fire off a couple there. Uh, where the hell was that? Oh, then it was, then it was record store day. And I was out in these streets. Pew, pew, pew few more and then it was staff appreciation weekend at major canadian retailer and i'm not gonna buy stuff in store when we it applies to a website as well 
So I did do some, you know, like Christmas shopping, <laughs> telling friends like, hey, don't open this for two months, for a month and a half, because it's going to show up like now. Pew, pew, pew. There we go again. And the, the kicker, the kicker here, oh no, there was two. Then there was just a random 12 inch I bought for 10 bucks because it was in Montreal. And I was like, well, that's fine. I'm paying in Canadian dollars and it'll be here in two days. Canada Post, I don't know why you have sent this package that was supposed to be here on Halloween day to New Brunswick. Oh. Uh, yes, that's what I said when I refreshed the tracking number <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday night. Oh, and B, that's New Brunswick, right? That is the opposite direction of where this 12-inch should be headed to. So I'm very optimistic mm-hmm. of the condition this is going to arrive in. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> but the last one was, I think it was, okay, so it, it's it's literally, fucking Japan. It's literally the meme of like, you know, the Twitter meme of like, nobody. Absolutely no one. Not a single soul. And then the last line is like, whatever the person is doing too much and an image of that person doing too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about like, you know, like no one, not a single soul. Japan. The record day 2020 in Japan. What? What are you talking about? You just had record store day. Like Japan just want to do their own thing and throw a bunch of more reissues out there. Okay. Okay. Japan. Fine. Fine. (laughs) So I'm on. Hmm. In, in a bit, you're going to be like, man, I wish there were more records because it's the dark time now. Oh, my God. Look, it is 526 as I'm recording this, y'all, and it is pitch black out my window. Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back. Welcome back. Oh, um, but like, shout out to the Yukon, by the way. Sh- not every day you hear that. Why are we shouting out the Yukon, Kate? Because they are like... Fuck it. We're not putting the clocks back and forth. We're just going to have daylight time all the time. Oh, for re- for real? Yep. Apparently this was a ger- yep. apparently this was a German thing. I don't know. YouTube really wanted me to see John Oliver's why is this still a thing clip from like 5 years ago about daylight savings time. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. it's farmers. It's not actually the farmers. No, it's um, not the farmers. It had something to do with Germans, but I can't, I can't remember what. Um So, and also so Japan is doing this, like, another event of limited releases for whatever. Also added to this was, oh, HMV, the website, back open to international orders. Pew, 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 Caitlin. Pew. Oh, that's a lot of pew, pew, pewing. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so I'm over there. And I like this aspect because, you know, you can roll the dice and hope that the, like, the Shibuya shop is going to put stuff on their Discogs. But, no, you just have the run. You can do pre-orders. You can do whatever. So, I was like, I'm fucking pre-ordering some shit. So, I picked up. Uh, <laughs> here we go. What did I pick up? Um, this guy, Uyama Hiroto, who was a Nujibes affiliate. His album that came out with a lot of Nujibes production is getting pressed for this. Um couple seven inches including one by this indie band mime who i really like um they put out like five songs in the summer and then took two best and put them on a seven inch that dropped on november 3rd as well i don't even remember if i bought the ramu album i don't think i did i think i backed away from that one but anyway the the fact is (laughs) slowly slowly backed away (laughs) i'm like it'll still be there because i know on the horizon my girl hotoma toy had these two eps that came out uh, Surfbank Social Club and Snowbank Social Club, and okay. 
I couldn't read the post when she posted it. She posted like an image of it, like split diagonally with both album covers. Cause one, she's like on skis in the foreground and something happening behind her. And the other one, she's like in a fucking like swimsuit and a guy's on one of those, you know, you know, those water can water jet pack things. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like floating behind on one of those same Being font, same everything. <laughs> you yeah. want a water jet pack? Interesting. Oh my God. Absolutely. But anyways, <laughs> I initially thought, I lived in a world where these two, what I thought were shorter pieces, would get pressed onto one vinyl or be like one 2LP set. Like, they both get packaged together. Not that they mm-hmm. would both come out on their own individual 2LP sets. <laughs> but that'll be in December. So, we can wait so for that. something to look forward to. We can wait for that. So, I got into my cart, and the other thing with the HMV site is, like, they give sales all the time. All the time. And they will apply for international, you know, orders. And it's like... Spend past, past the threshold, you get, you know, 20% off your whole order. Well, okay. So I'm there and I was like, I was like to 25 bucks shy or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, none of the other records I want, they're like 40 bucks. Like, I don't really want to get another record, but like, what am I got to get something to get the, get the discount on these. We are neglecting the fact that, you know, even if I just bought the three I had without the discount, it would be cheaper than it would be, you know, adding something and getting the discount. I'm smart enough. To, how they get you. I'm smart enough to know when I'm getting conned. I just allow myself to get conned anyway. <laughs> uh, it makes you feel okay. It's a little better. It's like, I'd be stupid not to do this. Um, but I'm like, what? What can I get that's like in that price range that's gonna, you know, put me past the threshold to get this discount? And I remembered, Caitlin. I remembered. It's not just HMV music. It's HMV music and books. So I did a search. And I saw it, and I put it in my cart. So now, the Perfume Costume Archive 2005 to 2020 is also coming to my house. So yeah, I'm officially at the point where, like, I have packages that will be coming that I forgot I ordered, which is a fun... Um, that's the best. Which is a fun... Actually. It's a fun threshold to cross, I feel like. I actually think that's the best. I There was this thing I for like 30 seconds I thought would be fun to join which is like I don't know how legitimate it is but I just thought it was a neat idea which is this bot basically trolls for like crazy deals and sends you <laughs> random stuff but for like super cheap so you put in like how much you're willing to spend and like some of the stuff you're interested in and it like just trolls websites and buys you stuff and sends it to you you never know what you're getting and I'm like, yes, please. And then I was like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. So, but it is fun to get packages where you're like, oh, I forgot I ordered that. Um, but then you, you know, have to start questioning both your finances and your mental health. And that's the not fun part. I mean, I already have a giant stack of records that need to be cleaned, like on the TV stand. Like it's the Google mini is very, uh, very crushed right now. And all these other records will be coming. Like, I forget that, oh, right, I pre-ordered the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack in, like, August. So that's going to come at some point. That's fun. So that's how just I've been, like I said, 17 Kit Kat minis and sale sale Halloween candy and uh, e-commerce is how I manage my hellish existence. Um, We had a concern when we were scheduling for this week that that we might want to push it back a little later in the day on Sunday because Caitlin McKinnon 
yeah. thought she might be a little too hungover yeah. to dig into dig into some podcasting that early on a Sunday morning because Caitlin McKinnon <laughs> was ready for some Halloween in her life. I don't actually know how hungover, <laughs> if at all, Caitlin McKinnon was. How was your Halloween, Kate? And my Halloween was great. Um, it wasn't just being hungover, though. It was also being sick from the amount of candy and junk food <laughs> I would have consumed. Um, and I was a little sick from the amount of candy and junk food, but I, I was okay. I forgot that I got an extra hour of sleep. Yes. Um, so that was very helpful um, to just sort of, like, revive my body and my soul. <laughs> um, no, Halloween was great. We didn't get like any kids it was very very sad um but the stuff we have can keep for next year because it's all like pencils and notebooks and stickers and stuff so and that's I'm, kind of the reason we I'm, did it as well i'm sorry what are you the pencil and notebook house whoa 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 that's whoa. why you ain't getting no kids whoa they know whoa, whoa. the word is out candy. they smell it on you we also have candy I loved getting stickers and pencils and Kate, Halloween Caitlin, stuff. Caitlin, no one, no one is surprised. Like, do you think anybody is surprised? You think that's off brand for you? Okay, you know I shut up. Um, but I also had candy. Does, does but it, it was just like the candies. Shoveling the individually wrapped caramels and uh, sketching with no, her. <laughs> no caramels. No, no caramels. No um, rockets. Ugh. No, no. Actually, one day I hope that we can be the pop house, um, but because we didn't know how many kits we were going to get, we didn't want to buy, you, you know, you ball, pieces you of chocolate. balling if you're the pop house. Right? I want to be the pop house, or the full chocolate bar house. Oof, whoa, whoa, whoa. You ain't got, I know, full, you ain't got I know. full chocolate bar money. No, <laughs> that's true. Not yet, but one day maybe. <laughs> Anyways, um... So we didn't get very many children, which was very, very sad because I love seeing kids in their costumes, um, especially when they have their coats on, which they did, of course. Just makes me laugh. Anyway, um, and we carved pumpkins. Uh, if anyone's interested, the best thing to carve a pumpkin with is a drywall saw. A drywall saw is – it cuts through pumpkins like a hot knife through butter. I've never carved a pumpkin that fast in my entire life. Also, it is very plainly obvious that in the relationship I have with senior correspondent, uh, you can tell which one is the artist. <laughs> I just did, like, generic fun pumpkin. He did, like, monster from the Dungeon Master's Guide. Like, yeah, every year his gets better and better, and I'm just, like, generic fun pumpkin. <laughs> um, then... We played games with our housemates, and I got to dress up as a zombie, which I'd never done before. So that was a lot of fun. I was a zombie bride, um, and I was my makeup was actually pretty good. I was pretty impressed with myself. Um, and then we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so that was all great, and we ate a ton of junk food, and I had uh, like like half of a cheese pizza. Um, like a large cheese pizza to myself. Respect. It was glorious. Wait, like actual and cheese? I even had more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caitlin. I can't do... Caitlin. I, can't, I know. This is one of the reasons why I was like, I may be ill. And then I had some really delicious wine. 
Um, and there was one part in the evening where I'd kind of been drinking wine a little bit, like, all night. And uh, senior correspondent Chris saw at one point that I had – it was, like, late. It was, like, 10. He's like, wait, are we drinking wine? I was like, yeah. He's like, is there any left? I was like, who am I? My mother? Of course there's some left. Um, so Shots we both your got crunk. <laughs> Shot fired, as I say. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, it was tons of fun. And it was a really good Halloween. And then astrologically, there was some cool stuff. And astronomically cool stuff going on. As I said many, many times, it was a blue moon um, this Halloween. And it was a blue full moon on a Saturday. And there was a time change. And it was a blood moon or a hunter's moon. Um, And... Beyond all of that, I was outside admiring the moon and Mars. And then I saw a shooting star. Whoa. Because like, <laughs> um, usually this time of year and where we are, you, you wouldn't really see shooting stars. I've seen a couple of them in the summer in our area. But yeah, it blew my mind. Um, and no, it wasn't just because I was drunk. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was a really, really good Halloween all things considered. And I got to see like people's fun pictures. Um, we didn't get a lot of kids, but there are some neighborhoods, like we had friends who got 240 children. Why? I'm like, I'm going to your house next year. Um, yeah. So good times. Well, we do, do we have anything resembling news today? Nope. <laughs> nope. There is one item possibly worth talking about and it kind of it's a little, little industry talk a little inside baseball but maybe a little more uh, relevant to our specific interests aside from general like you know oh some executive left netflix um crunchy is apparently on track possibly maybe leaked suggested to be bought by sony oh this would then mean that Sony owns Funimation and Crunchyroll, should this deal go through. Crunchyroll is currently, I think, owned by AT&T, um, or whatever version of AT&T owns HBO and Warner and all that type of stuff. Um, part of the Warner Media family, and they are apparently looking to uh, offload some, find some cost savings somewhere in there. So they are apparently looking to shunt. Crunchyroll off. Um, yeah, Sony also apparently owns a minority stake in Billy Billy, which I thought was a Chinese site, but maybe not. Um, Billy Billy is the place I go to to find, like, you know, concert footage that gets taken down from YouTube. <laughs> like, ah. if you throw a if you throw a perfume into Billy Billy, you will get entire like concert film rips off of their DVDs. So yeah, uh, this deal was first suggested by um, Japan's Nikkei newspaper. It said talks advanced sufficiently that Sony now has exclusive negotiating rights on a Crunchyroll purchase. This article that I'm quoting from comes from Variety from today, I believe, November 2nd. Yes, Uh, the deal would have a price tag of about $960 million at current rates. Apparently when this uh, deal was first suggested... The asking price was $1.5 billion back in August. 
Yeah, still from Variety. Were a deal to be completed, it would be the second move this year by Sony to beef up its position in anime. In spring, Sony paid $400 million for a minority stake in Billy Billy, a fast-expanding online entertainment platform. I think, yeah, the, the move behind this, I think, has a lot to do with Sony not wanting to license stuff out anymore. Like, so Sony owns Aniplex, right. which is sort of like the Japanese um, anime conglomerate i don't know what you would call it but um so like when something like so the big the big hit right now i think more in japan than here but it's a big enough hit over here with what was demon slayer which i've never checked out but seems to be getting the shine as the um you know shonen du jour whatever takes bak knocks bakugo off his throne will uh always be welcome <laughs> in my heart i don't know if you've seen any like fan art or cosplay of anything of a girl with like a like a bamboo shoot like in her mouth I don't think so. Haven't seen that? That's one of the, like, iconic characters because it's, like, some dude and his sister gets bit by a demon and she, like, he's fighting to save her and she's always, like, fighting her urges to, like, be a demon. So I think that's why it's, like, the fucking leather in her mouth while they, like, you know, to fight her urges. So, like, she's always, like, biting on the bamboo shoot so she doesn't, like, eat people. Um, and it also just makes for Fun. Just also makes for a striking image of these people looking, like, dead-eyed with, you know, bamboo shoots strapped to their head. Um, so, yeah. So something like Demon Slayer... Sony would have to license out to somewhere like Crunchyroll. They could put it on Funimation, but Funimation doesn't have a huge subscriber base. They only have uh, about a million people subscribed. Um, so they got to license it to Crunchyroll, maybe other places. I'm sure they would just like to keep all that in-house. And the best way to do that is to just own the services. So, <laughs> hooray. Yeah. It does create essentially a monopoly in the American anime market. Um because they would own both Crunchyroll and Funimation, which is possibly worrying, maybe, um, or maybe not. Maybe they throw more anime out. You know, Crunchyroll's stated purpose at one point, you know, their ultimate goal was to just get everything. Everything that comes out in a season, get it onto their service. And maybe that will be the case with, you know, Sony behind them. Sony who actively, you know, wants to develop this corner of entertainment as opposed to like AT&T, which is just like, Hey, you're just something fun to throw on HBO max, like, and don't really care. I mean, well, we'll see. It's an interesting, like I said, inside baseball, who really cares, but both major services in anime streaming now owned by the same person. What I want to know, Kate. Yeah. Is will this mean that either app functions on a PlayStation now? Uh the important questions being asked here. Listen. Listen. <laughs> we will recall. Nothing about monopolies or hey. how things affect markets or market share or creativity. No, no. Will it work on a PlayStation? Hey, remember when we tried to watch uh, Toilet Ghost a couple weeks ago and every time I hit a you know ad break, it kicked me back to the start of the episode? Remember that, Funimation? Okay. Remember Crunchyroll just not working at all for like the past like eight months? Remember all that? Sony, pay an intern $15 to fucking fix this. God, think of my needs. It's really, it's, well, we talked about this actually quite a lot when we've talked about streaming services and, and what we want to pay for. I remember the big conversation was when Game of Thrones was not available in Canada. Right. Um, and... Like, we will pay for things. We just don't want to pay with the nose, and we actually want things to work. 
imagine that. Um, and it is, and it's funny because I think about it all the time. Now that we own all these sort of streaming services, we talked about this. So there's going to be like these streaming wars, right? Um, and and it's almost, it's. I think the streaming wars are preferable to people owning everything because then you get a lack of creativity and you sort of get the same types of things and yeah. Um, so right now I think we're, it's not even streaming wars. I think there's just things we will pay for, but it's going to get to a point where we're going to have streaming overload and people are going to hit the high seas again. Well, there's somebody, there's somebody who writes for Vulture, I think, who spends a lot of time, um, like their beat is the streaming wars, basically. Mm -hmm. Every time there's like some shakeup or a new service or a shuffle, um, they write on it and have really good analysis on it. Can't remember the dude's name, but I've heard him on Chris and Andy a few times. And, you know, he, and by extension, people like me or Chris and Andy who think about these things, you know, in the macro sense, wonder about like, where is the threshold? The appeal of these sites in the first place was like, you know, well, Netflix has a bunch of shit I want to watch. Why am I paying for cable for it? You know, cord cutting. That was the big story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, but as, like you said, as if you're paying, <laughs> you'll have to tell me because I don't pay for any of that. <laughs> Netflix is what? Like 12 bucks? Uh, no. It's actually just going up now. I think we've hit 19. Netflix is that much a month? I think so because there's there's three Good. different tiers. I just clutched my pearls. I was going to say, that's the basic one or is that the... No, no, that's the premium where you can have like four four devices, right, right? Yeah, and then you get some other stuff as well. But yeah, that's basically it. So let's... it's the most it's the most cost efficient for what we want it for, right? But so if you get say say you get twenty bucks for your Netflix, for me ten bucks for your Spotify, say for me ten bucks for there's enough overlap that I would probably only pick one of the Crunchyroll or Funimations. Um, right. Probably Funimation by default because at least their app is, uh, you know, shitty, not broken. Um, yeah. I mean, Crave's like 20 bucks. Like, you're skirting up to what your cable bill would have been in the first place. Like, so. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is what I'm saying about people finally getting, like, sick of it. Like, with DC coming out with their own thing and all of that, what's going to happen? And people are going to start, you know, looking other places for things and not legally. <laughs> Well, that was the whole thing when, like, when the Android box was a thing. I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore or what it was, uh, what the software that it ran on was called. But I remember having that software on my, uh, on my laptop at one point. Yeah. Um, which again was just like, <laughs> I remember my dad, like, you know, heralding the Android box. It's like, oh yeah, everybody's got them down here. You watch like anything. I was like, there is no way these are legal. Yeah. At all. And my mom thought yeah. I was getting a high and mighty. And she's like, oh, well, you Mr. Integrity over there. I'm like, no, I don't give a fuck. I wish I had one, frankly. But I'm just letting you know, <laughs> this isn't a miracle. It's illegal. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Just so as you know. Um, so, yeah. In interesting. I mean, the more the more services there are, the more costs there are, are going to be affiliated with them. Maybe somebody really wants Shudder. I know there was something. Who was complaining about? Something was only on. 
oh, my boss at work, a major Canadian retailer, wanted to watch The Babadook for Halloween, but it was only on Shudder. So she had to, oh, like, yeah. I've, get her I've free trial for Shudder and hope she, like, remembers to turn it off after she watches The Babadook. Yeah. I've done that. I've done the thing where I literally, I just want to watch one movie and I don't want to get, like, the Showtime channel or whatever. And so I'll pay, to, like, $5 just to watch that that movie because i know i'm not going to remember to cancel my free subscription well it's it's funny and there's still like you think you if you're at a point where you think that everything is available everywhere it's not i was talking to uh somebody cute and was we were talking about steven universe of all things and mm-hmm. she thought one of her kids might uh enjoy it and i was like well let me see where it's on i'm sure somebody's got it nope <laughs> Steven Universe is not anywhere. I thought it might have been buried on. And maybe it still is. If I dig into, like, the Amazon Prime add-ons, it might be there somewhere. But, I mean, as far as, like, you know, Netflix, Netflix Crave, standard Amazon Prime, it's not. It's only, like, renting on iTunes or, like, you know, paper, pay-per-view if you're renting it or just owning it, which not everybody wants to do. So, I mean, this stuff is not everything is out there all the time. No. Give us everything. That's the point I'm making. Um, well then, I guess it's time to move on to the only thing that solves our anxious minds in these trying times, Caitlin McKinnon, which is... Updates. Content. Kate, what you been watching? Uh, okay. So TV shows, um, Star Trek Discovery, watch the third episode, it continues to be good. It's a show that has issues, but I do enjoy watching it. <laughs> um... Uh, Gravity Falls, watched a couple episodes, lots of fun. Um, Mandalorian dropped, watched that. It did. Do you want to have have an an actual talk about The Mandalorian or have it when we get to my segment? Um, Well, we'll talk about it when you get to it. Okay. Because I think you watched it as well, so we'll have – it'll be an interesting discussion. Um, And then finally, um, uh, someone suggested I watch Utopia. I think I brought it up last week. You did. Um, and I, did I talk about watching the two episodes? Nope. You just said, somebody said you should watch it. Okay. Well, I attempted the first two episodes. Um, it was okay. <laughs> um, not, not really my thing. I did find out, and I didn't know this, that it was a British show initially. Um, and apparently the British version, of course, is much, much better than the American version. Um, I just thought it was going to be more about like, solving puzzles, which we know how much I like solving puzzles because I'm a big dork. Um, so yeah, but it's more about, there's a lot of, and see, the weird thing is I really like killing, um, but maybe not brutality and there's a lot of brutality in it. Mm. And I don't know, it's interesting. Um, but I'm probably not going to watch another episode. Not gonna hang. I think I'm, I think I'm good. No, not going to hang. Um, and then movies. I went crazy with the movies. Crazy. I did sort of this, like, one movie a night until Halloween thing. So I watched The Corpse Bride and Kubo and the Two Strings and Coraline and Paranorman. And uh, then, of course, on um, Halloween, my housemates and senior correspondent and I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and that discussion comes up of, like, whether it's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. And I'm like, I think it's a just-after-Halloween Christmas movie. I think it's a November movie. Um, and then I also watched Hot Fuzz, because, uh, you know, 
Dark very time. appropriate, Caitlin. <laughs> that's going to come in. It's going to come in very, <laughs> very effective later. It will. Um, and uh, really enjoy that film. And so, yeah, all things that I've seen before and enjoyed and like watching again. They're just, they're comp, as we say. And the only other thing I've been doing um, is practicing my typing. And I'm terrible. <laughs> home row, kid. Get back on so your home row. Get terrible. back on your home row. Like, I sang this whole song one time when I was at my dad's about how terrible I was at typing. <laughs> and Chris joined because he knows how terrible at typing I am. And my dad thought it was very amusing. But it's true. I am terrible at typing. I am I, it's really hard to like continue doing something that you're really not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with it a lot, especially because I've been typing a certain way for so long. So to reteach yourself the correct way to type is very, very difficult. And I'm old. <laughs> just mucks the whole thing up. Well, my brain's not as um, soft and pliable. <laughs> well, that, and that's it? Yeah, that's it. I have a bit of a hodgepodge of selections. I'm just going to rattle some of them off, I guess, as the as the mood strikes me. Um, so as I said, made a lot of uh, a lot of e-commerce been happening this week, and one of my boxes showed up today actually. Oh my goodness! So I spent spent a little time this afternoon reading Venus in the Blind Spot by your boy Junji Ito. <laughs> and how is that? One day I would really need to interrogate why as a not like horror person anymore. Like I don't really watch scary movies anymore. I don't really I don't really look for like gore or extreme cinema or anything like that. But I love Junji Ito so much. Maybe and, it's cuz he's just like a cool guy with cats. <laughs> oh my god. Uh Crunchyroll or Viz or somebody put up a clip of Junji Ito reacting to readers cats. Oh. He was just kind of raiding their cats. It was delightful. There was a lot of um, adaptations. This is uh, the reason I went with this one. I had his art book in the cart for a hot minute, so I was like, "Let me just." Because uh, I was feeling, I was feeling. I, ever since Venus in the Blind Spot showed up at work, and if if you doubt how popular this dude is, we get so much of his stuff at this point. When a new thing drops, like normally a new manga at major Canadian retailer, we get maybe five. Unless it's like my a new My Hero Academia or something, we'll get like a dozen. Junji Ito hardcovers are in that, you know, dozen to 24 stack. I think No Longer Human, because it was so big, like so thick, we got like a case pack, which I've never seen. Dude right. is, but we will recall the fucking line to meet him at TCAF a couple years ago went like around the block. Multiple blocks, like... We be loving him. And the reason I went with this one ultimately instead of the art book is because it's kind of a deluxe representation of some greatest hits as well as some stuff that hasn't been in English before. So there's a lot of, there's some memoir pieces in there about him growing up loving the guy, uh, the mangaka Umez, who like did the drifting classroom and how much drifting classroom changed his life as a kid. Weird pieces about bodies getting stitched together with fishing wire. You know, the usual. The usual. (laughs) And as well, presented in this as well. I think before this, it was only present in like maybe like a supplemental piece in the Gyo, maybe. One of the other like major thick works that he has. 
Um, it's that story, the something, something fault about the people, the holes in the wall that look like people and people are drawn to them or like want to crawl into them and say like, this hole was made for me and they just feel compelled to like crawl into these holes. And it's very creepy and very upsetting if you have anything resembling claustrophobia. So just good times, good times. Wish it had come. I was about to say, this all sounds horrifying. (laughs) I don't, I don't know why. Only him, only him and another even creepier artist. I can't remember his name, but he did a manga called PTSD radio that I read online a couple of years ago. And I don't know what it is with horror manga that I really like, but I don't really want to watch horror movies anymore. I don't want to watch, you know, Jew on again. I don't want any of that, but I kind of got a soft spot for horror manga. I don't know what it is. Um, so I was enjoying that. That was unexpected. Other things I've been watching. Um, this is more of an interesting observation than anything I watched. So, uh, aqua, Love Live franchise group, idol group, was supposed to have their dome tour this year, their biggest tour ever. Because the other thing is, what I've come to realize is like a group like Aqua, in the like five years of their existence, they've only done five live performances. They don't tour. Right. Like when you see footage, it's like from Aqua Fifth Live, because they've only ever done five show live shows. And this was supposed to be a tour. They were going to hit up three domes in Japan. Obviously, that collapsed because of the global bastard. So they did. There's been a lot of like virtual shows lately um, mm-hmm. to try and recoup some of this. Uh, right. I guess it's very weird. It's clear how important a crowd is for, especially these kind of idol concerts. Primarily because none of them can sing. <laughs> I, I love them terribly, but when you realize just how much sweetening goes in goes into the footage you see on YouTube later, mm-hmm. like when they're like buy the DVD and then you see like the raw footage somebody took from the stream and put on Instagram, oof, oof, Kate, oof, oof. But I see. I I'm so surprised that you're not you you're even remotely surprised. I mean, maybe not surprised is the right word, but. <laughs> I expected some of them to be able to sing. <laughs> I thought some of them were getting a little better. Um, I expect here. Okay. Put it like this. I wasn't surprised that a species couldn't sing. Right. Because they were essentially indie idols. Like a species never played anything bigger than like a, you know, a nightclub. Like Aqua's playing the fucking Tokyo dome and they can't sing. Right. You would think at some point, if you're going to shell out to play the Tokyo dome, Maybe there's a little more involved in the vocal lessons there. I don't know. I'm a dreamer. Anyway. (laughs) I just wanted to watch it because they did Fantastic Departure, which was their jam from last summer, which it goes way harder than any Love Live song needs to go. Um, That was just enjoyable. That was enjoyable. Fun stuff. I want to also shout out um, two music-related items, one of which is an Instagram account. I sent Kate one of her things today, her... At her handle is Tima Loves Music on Instagram, uh-huh. or Tima Likes Music, forgive me. Tima Likes Music on Instagram. She writes 15 second songs, primarily about not wanting to spend money or go to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. She's pretty delightful. The one I like came for everybody's life with recently was about how you didn't need to buy any more shit on Amazon. <laughs> You're just bored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super fun. She's gotten some shine from like Erica Badu and uh, Devin Morrison and other R&B singers. And she apparently is going to be on the Kelly Clarkson show. Like she's kind of having a moment. So 
shouts shouts to her. Also, this just occurred to me while we were on the uh, topic of musical Instagram accounts. Must shout out uh, at J Diggs Music, who is another producer and multi instrumentalist. That's a word, multi instrumentalist, who went viral a while back for uh, doing a like eighties boogie R and B version of WAP. Okay, that that's I, cool. That I sent around. And then also, um, this is the one I will have to send you. Caitlin, have you generally been enjoying the uh, Fleetwood Mac Renaissance lately? Of course I have. <laughs> just how, just how you know, Gen Z discovered dreams and it's like on everything now, thanks to, what's his name, Dogface, the cranberry sipping <laughs> skateboarder. Yeah, on a skateboard. Yeah, it was super cool. So on, on the heels of that, Jay Diggs Music did a boogie R&B version of Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, which I will send you. I will send you later. It, cool. Also delightful. Uh, and as well, on the music front, a podcast that I've been dipping into, which is called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, is from the Ringer Podcast Network, hosted by Rob Harvilla, their music critic, and guests. Some of these are obvious. First three episodes are out. Alanis Morissette's You Wanna Know was the first episode. Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan was the third episode, but it was that one in the middle, Kate. It was my real sweet spot. All right. Hey, Jealousy by the Jim Blossoms. Oh, wow. Yeah, girl. Oh, my God. It's not the best podcast in the world. I mean, they're still trying to, they're still figuring it out. Um, But it really, that episode especially just really, like, fucking locked me back into a moment in time. I had that record. I had Hey Jealousy. Or it wasn't called that. It was the 90s. So it was called New Miserable Experience was the name of the album. (laughs) Oof. It's a a real oof-tastic episode this week. Um yeah, but I definitely had that CD because that's back when you had to buy CDs. And all of this got me thinking, Kate, and I'm going to announce it here. I've already spoken to him. But I think when we're, like, on our sort of Christmas hiatus, I'll have a lot of time yeah. on my hand because I'm not going home. I'll need something to do. I think we might have to do the uh, the Geek Down uh, Holiday Sickness Spectacular where just <gasps> Mr. Malash and I talk about <laughs> talk about what it's like to be have this particular illness. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then everyone can have a whole episode of me and Chris talking about Star Trek. <laughs> if, if you like, absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so! Ex- <laughs> I'm so excited now. Listen, we've been we've been in this for a long time, kid. We got to keep it fresh. Sometimes we need to see other these people. Oofs. It's an open podcast. These, these oofs have started to turn into yeahs. <laughs> <laughs> Things that I watched, I selected. Dave Chappelle on Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Just wanted to see what that conversation was like. It was dope. Uh, Letterman has turned into a much different interviewer than he was on his show, where he was much more kind of acerbic and, you know, sarcastic and standoffish. Right. He seems generally deeply interested in the people he's interviewing now, uh, which I mean... That's amazing. (laughs) Does not. I mean, it's one of the reasons I never, ever watched the show, because he just seemed like didn't really care. Oh, no, he definitely does. I mean, I'm never going to watch the – this season is Robert Downey Jr., Dave Chappelle, Lizzo, and ugh, Kardashian. And, I mean, guess which one of those four I'm never going to watch. But I am sure he – presents himself as having a genuine interest about her life and, you know, her Kardashians work in prison reform or the Paris robbery or things like that. Um, he also kind of 
as they say, does it for the culture. Like when he talks to Chappelle, he wants to talk about George Floyd. He wants to talk about race in America. He wants to like talk about this moment. And the Chappelle one is really interesting because as is tradition at this point in his life, Dave ain't leaving Ohio unless he has to. So right. Letterman brought the whole Netflix production up to this, you know, small town in Ohio where he lives now. And they like walk the streets of the yellow Springs, which is the town he lives in. Um, just a kind of a chill, smart Chappelle is very, very smart. Sometimes he like goes on to one of these, he'll go, something will come up about the town and he'll like talk about, Oh yeah, well the history of this town. And he just goes on for like five minutes about like some historical detail about the town and what used to happen there. I think it was about some field or something or some, some fireworks festival they used to have. And the origin had to do with this freed slave who was allowed to purchase his freedom and then purchase this park. And then they had fireworks there. Like he's just, he knows all this stuff. Um, right. Which when he's making occasionally troubling jokes about transgender people on his specials, you go, Hmm. But I mean, no, a lot of, often people are not just one thing. So it was an interesting, yeah. it was an interesting conversation. Um, also, I'm into the second season of Gravity Falls now. Yeah, you are. I'm facing your problem. You know I'm facing your problem. We're just like, I don't know if I want to finish it. Like given the state of the world, I might need this to last a while, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's hard. It's hard. So I gotta, like, I, it's been less than a year, and we're already rewatching it. That says something about a show. So I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to pace myself. Definitely. The episode I watched right before we started recording today was the one where Bill makes his, uh, Bill Cipher makes his return. Bill Cipher, who will clearly be the big bad for the entire series, makes his return and possesses Dipper's body and is just, like, marveling at, like, things like pain that he doesn't normally feel and he's casually having a conversation with dipper spirit while bashing his own arm in a drawer <laughs> with the slight eye twitch and he's like wow this is these arms are crazy and then he pulls out and there's a fork there's a fork stuck in it like uh, hey, you win a prize here's a head that won't stop screaming <laughs> just a show filled with dumb jokes for kids uh and lastly, we should probably spend some time talking about, I never thought I'd live in a world where I spend more time watching Disney Plus than any other uh, streaming app I have access to. Your boy Mando made his return. Mando! <laughs> Mando! <laughs> you liked the app? You thought it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was really good. We really enjoyed it. There's so many things in there for, and like, deep fans. Yes, this is what I think ultimately... I'm... I'm not skeptical. I mean, Lord knows you nerds of your stripe probably need it. But for me, not knowing what half of those things were to the point where I'm like, is that Boba Fett's armor? Um, <laughs> you know, I can't tell immediately that that's Boba Fett's armor. Um, or like some dude pictured in the crowd. Uh, like I, I read some Easter egg piece or something. Some dude pictured in the crowd at the... You know, warthog guy fight. Caitlin's just screaming right now because I'm getting the names of all the races and stuff wrong. But <laughs> might have been nope. so. Might have. <laughs> she's a total eye twitch right now. I can't see it. I wish she was here right now so I could see her eye twitch. <laughs> um, you know, that character might have been you know a left on the cutting room floor 
character from Force Awakens or something. All these, we'll call them, we'll call them Filoni caliber nods, right? I mean, these all come from Filoni, I'm sure. For someone like me who is not that deeply versed, I'm like, that episode was fine. Did it need to be an hour? And what did we really do? Um, I think that what we did was see that there's definitely like a big change in the Mandalorian. Um, and sort of, it's more about like knowing that you need to sort of rely on people. Um, but I actually do have, a a, a qualm with this episode. A quibble? Yeah, a quibble. A qualm and a quibble. We've got quibbles. There was not enough Baby Yoda. I mean, there was and not enough, it was going to be like, my ne- fun stuff with the child. It's going to be my next point. He hid in a jar at one point. That was fun. It was a spittoon. It was a spittoon. <laughs> he hid in a spittoon. <laughs> Amy Sedaris was back for some reason. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. not not enough Baby Yoda, and it was really like I I know, and it's I think it's one of the things I I celebrated the show for last season was just like it's a tv show it's it's the incredible hulk comes to town solves a problem and leaves yeah and that's basically what this was just with a lot of lore Mm -hmm. and stuff thrown in i saw people online who were losing their goddamn mind about that pearl getting pulled out (laughs) like it was true it was true actually chris was fucking freaking (laughs) Uh, well, because he had mentioned about the pearl even before they like were doing anything with the with the dra- like they were just starting to, in talk with the dragon and whatever, and he was like talking about that pearl, and then when they like pulled it out, he was like, ah! um, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff, a bunch of lore, but they also, I think, put a, a bow on the Boba Fett slash Tatooine thing. Mm. Like, they were like, okay, yeah, it's not Boba Fett. But then, of course, at the end, they gave us Boba Fett. Um, was that which him? Was, oh, yeah, that was him at the very end. I couldn't even recognize him. I, wonder, I wondered at the moment if, if it was, but yeah. it's not the same yeah, actor who played young Boba, was it? Yeah, well, it's the actor who played uh, Django Fett. Django Fett. Fett. That was him? So because cause he was a clone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was him, uh, which is just, like, so cool. Um, Anyways, but they just – I think they wanted to put a bow on that, so it wasn't all speculation about that Mm. and sort of be like, this is our first episode. The the, You know, the Mandalorian has changed. There's going to be bits and pieces of stuff. Here's lots of lore thrown at you for, you know, you hardcore nut jobs. Um, And away we go again to our next Monster of the Week. Um, so yeah, no, I, I actually, I really enjoyed it. I did have some qualms where I was like, more baby Yoda, more baby Yoda. Um, it definitely had a lot of like macro lore for the nerds, but it didn't do much to advance. Like, you know, yeah, he, he learned nothing new about oh, where baby Yoda comes from. Got no leads yep. on that really. Like he just kind of went and solved the problem for some other people and then carried on on, on his way, which I mean, fine. And I think it was telling that it was titled chapter nine. Instead of like yeah. season two, episode one, um, which just, I think suggests like, that's how they're viewing it. Like, this is just the next part of the story. Um, um and also one more quibble. Mm. He's trying to find out about this stuff. Well, it's not really a quibble. It's just, I thought it was really interesting. He's trying to find out all about these like space wizards. And, 
curly-haired grease monkey nanny lady uh, said, um, thanks to Force, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ask her! Uh, she All right, because that's not something. like, yeah, the Force is not widely known, right? In the universe? At least not universe. Any, anymore. Mm. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I just was like, ah! <laughs> I was freaking out in the corner. <laughs> Um, but that's that could be just he doesn't know what the force is. He doesn't know that the space wizards use the force. Like he doesn't know all this stuff. So I'm hoping I don't know who he's gonna find. I'm kind of hoping it's Ahsoka Tano. Um, but anyways, someone to direct him in the right way. Um, yeah. But I'm very excited about about the season to come. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks as we go along. As we go along in the coming back half of this episode, friends. You wait all year. It's time to wade through some crap, y'all. Oh my god. So bad. And we are gonna get waiting when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. And boy, have we brought each other some things. Mm. Boy, have Mm. we. Ouch. (laughs) But before we get into the things that we brought each other, we have some rules. Yep. Um, The first rule, which is the rule of three, that if the thing has some parts, we'll watch the parts so the thing has a chance to become the thing it's trying to become, does not apply because they were both movies. They they both became whatever they were going to become. Immediately. Pretty quickly. Uh, the second rule, though, hashtag save it for the pod, is still in effect because we want to give you guys the fresh of, freshest of takes. And the rule states that we will not talk about the things we've brought each other before we are, are in front of these microphones. I don't know if Jordan watched the thing I gave him. Same. We have no idea. And the third rule is there will be spoilers. Can you spoil these movies? No. I guess. They're also really old, so. They're really old. But if you're like, no, I was going to watch that, (laughs) then (laughs) you need to leave and go eat some more Halloween candy. Eat all the candy to feel trashy while you watch these trashy films. (laughs) Typically, we like to alternate. It's crapathon. Who cares? So we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin gave me. Caitlin, what did you give me? I gave you the 1999 film Bats is an American horror film directed by Louis Morneau. You don't know who he is. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it actually made back its budget and some. And Shut I'm up. Still no, it, no, it did not. It did. It was a $5 million budget okay. and it made $10 million. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. This is the plot, guys. After people start to die in a small Texas town of Gallup, the prime suspects are bats. <laughs> the CDC calls in uh, chiropterologist Dr. Sheila Casper and her assistant Jimmy Sands to investigate the situation. Dr. Alexander McCabe is secretive about the situation but admits the bats were genetically modified by him to become more intelligent and also omnivorous, so they would not be in danger of extinction any longer. Mm-hmm. Sheila is disgusted by this, but it seems that McCabe had the best of intentions. 
aided by Sheriff Emmett Kimsey and the CDC specialist, Dr. Toby Hodge, Sheila and Jimmy begin the search for the bat roost. And from there, things get stupider and stupider. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start with how, like, oh, no, here, this is how we start. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus calls it neither scary nor creepy. <laughs> Uh, this film I watched in 1999. So how did you even know this existed? Like <laughs> At a friend's birthday, I was one of two girls who were there. <laughs> and all the boys decided, we were in junior high, all the boys decided, I guess, to wa- look at porn pictures on their new computer. Because we just all got computers and internet. <laughs> and so, and my the person, the other girl who I was friends with, she had to like go. So I was like, well... This is awkward. I was like, whatever. Like, I don't care. I'll just sit in your living room and watch this movie called Bats. The movie was so dumb. And I just remember it being just like the dumbest, worst thing I've ever seen. The bats were ridiculous. The characters were, it's literally a, a movie by numbers. Like, it's just. You're right, though. This is a movie that, like, you would watch with the parents of a friend you don't really know that well and you're just kind of like yeah paralyzed and can't move yeah so yeah i was just like okay and i rewatched it because i hadn't seen it in so long <laughs> and i was as um unmoved <laughs> as i had been the first that's, time Maybe that's even... really yes that's the adjective <laughs> unmoved i just i also was just like wow so many times i was just like wow this is so bad because caitlin so i was oh sorry continue yeah i thought when you gave this to me this was yeah. going to be about humanoid bat hybrids <laughs> oh no it's just about no, bats no. caitlin they didn't have a humanoid bat budget it's just bats they had one prosthetic bat that they used repeatedly <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it was terrible. Like, so terrible. It's one of those films, like, if maybe if they had never shown you the bats. <laughs> but even then, I just, they're tiny little rat, flying like, rat things. And they're like. Uh, Spielberg figured that out, like, you know, 40 years ago. <laughs> the shark looks like shit, so never show it. Like. Yeah. It's scarier that way. Um. Where, what do I even have? The one, the one thing. Oh, the two main call-outs I have in my notes. The greatest suspension of disbelief that I had with this movie were not that bats would take over a small Texas town. Yeah. It's that the CDC could facilitate an entire evacuation of a town in Texas. Right. Granted, that's probably, that's probably my uh, (laughs) contemporary perspective. They did have the help of the army. They, they did, did have the help of the army. I mean, and, and of the government. This wasn't a like pandemic. The mayor. This wasn't a pandemic we're dealing right. with. It was. It was you know yeah. sentient bats. That's a much bigger issue. Yes. And the and the mayor was on board. She was trying to evacuate people. Was but that the, was that the mayor? Almost. I had no idea who she was. <laughs> oh well, she yeah, she was the mayor, and like, I think her name was like Sheila or Carla or I don't know. Anyways, but. She, tr- they were like, "What happened, Carla?" And she's like, "I told them to leave, but they don't care." I was like, "Oh, it's just Texas. <laughs> this happens all the time all the now." Time. 1999 doesn't matter. Um, you can actually see the bats, and they still don't care. Um, it should be said. So yeah, 
Kate didn't mention uh, the cast of this movie because there's no point. Oh, my God. Yeah. The only name you might know is Lou Diamond Phillips, which, I mean, appropriate. I feel like this is the yeah. type of movie Lou Diamond Phillips would be in. And Oh, but, 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 you know, but there is one thing. Sorry. Lou Diamond Phillips, yes. But also, you know who the bad guy is. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a that guy. He's a guy I've seen a bunch of places, but I could not tell you. He's he's literally like a bad guy in every single movie he's yeah. ever been in. <laughs> he's like the bad guy from the Shawshank Redemption. Like, oh yes, he's the warden from. That's where everyone knows him from. He's the warden from Shawshank. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you are like me, of a certain bent, you will recognize. What's it called when you only use one name professionally? The, the single-named actor Leon is in this movie. Leon, yeah. Who I know from the Five Heartbeats and other movies. And I know 1999 was probably not the best time for black actors, but I just felt bad for this man the entire but, time. Because he but, just had... I'll get, I'll get to it. I think I know where you're going. I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah you know where I'm going. <laughs> I think we're going in the same place. We'll get to it. He has to say things like, Houston, we have a problem when bats are coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has Always to, uh, everything, everything he says is delivered with some sort of accent like this. Yeah. These bats are crazy. And this town is crazy. And you got to be nuts if you think I'm going in there with them bats like that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, boss. Oh, I mean, it was bad. It was, it was, it was pretty bad. But Caitlin. Yeah. He lived. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, oh, my God, uh, Leon's going to die. Like, I he, immediately was like, he oh, went man. Down, he went down in the school. He fell and got a bat on his arm. I was like, well, okay. Thanks, Jim. But he yeah. lived, Caitlin. He lived. I was so – I bet it was like he took a pay cut just so he could live. Like, I bet, like, there must have been something because the minute he was on screen, I was like, man – they're going to do this, the racist thing, or they kill the black guy. Like, I was so upset. But he lived, and Lou Diamond Phillip lived. He lived as well, and he didn't kiss Sheila. No, nobody kissed Sheila. That's what I have down here. Nobody fell in love, and the black guy lived. Yeah. That's pretty revolutionary so a, for a movie of this caliber. Like, In a, in a way, it bucked the system, really. <laughs> it's, you know what? It, it's, it's, it was too innovative for its time. That's why it failed. People weren't yep, ready. That. People weren't ready for a shitty movie <laughs> to not have uh, the blonde scientist and the sheriff fall in love and to have the black guy live. Like, really, it's revolutionary in that in yeah. that regard. Yep. Yeah. But that's the oh, thing. Man. Like Kate said, I don't even really know what to say about it because just un un. <laughs> we were both unmoved. It's just a movie. Yeah. I'm amazed to hear you say, like, it made back its budget. This got released in theaters? I wasn't even sure if this was a direct-to-video or not. Like, It could have it, it could have been. It easily could have been. Like, literally, the director makes, like, he doesn't, he hasn't made a lot of films, but he, he makes those types of films where mm. you're like, this could have been a TV movie or it could have been released, like, straight-to-video or maybe it was in theaters. Like, but the 90s were weird, right? Um, 90s, early 2000s, weird time. Like, his movies are Carnosaur uh, 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 2. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah. He's... Soldier Boys, Retroactive, Made Men, Bats, The Hitcher 2, I've Been Waiting, <laughs> Bet Your Life, Joyride 2, Dead Ahead, and Werewolf, The Beast Among Us. 
Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah, and like, I'm Bet Your a... Life was so a TV movie. He, he makes movies that show on the Gravity Falls Bargain Movie Channel uh, after, after, <laughs> yes. after Ghost Turtle and <laughs> Before yeah. My Werewolf's a Mummy 2, this again. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically that's basically it. So, I mean, as far as like Crapathon, like this fits all of the different, you know, columns. Like, like is it crappy? Yes. Is the dialogue terrible? Yes. Um, is this like basically a movie where you you just it's like a Mad Lib. It's a Mad Lib movie. You're like pick pick a name, pick an actor. <laughs> the, the 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 main female actress is basically every single doctor in a 90s and early 2000 <laughs> film ever like she's got a like like a vest and like cargo pants like oh gets down yeah. to, gets down to a tank top by the end of it um yeah and like i don't even know what was happening with the pacing initially in this at the start of this movie because it was like there was no suspense at all they tried at the beginning it starts with your typical like you know Will we ever really learn what happened between Quint and Donna or whatever the hell their names were? The young, the young lovers out of the train tracks um, who are attacked by bats for no reason. And it's like, it's within seconds. You see them get yeah. killed and then they go, the budget went into uh, the corpse, the prosthetic corpse they had made. That was, a, for what this movie ultimately was, that was very graphic for... So I would also like to mention that if it was bats, they would have eaten more of the things that they that they caught. Mm-hmm. It, it, this thing is all over the place. But like it was immediate. Like, what did this? Are you saying bats did this? Yeah, bats did this. I guess we should go catch some bats. Okay, we're catching bats now. Like <laughs> yeah. that was in like yeah. that was in like fifteen minutes. I was like, what? Also, they had no time <laughs> to fuck around. Lou Diamond Phillips, you are the crackest shot in all of Texas. I don't imagine that a handgun is a very good defense weapon against a bat. I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of bats uh, in my life, but they are erratic in their flight patterns. So I don't yeah. imagine that it's not like duck hunting. Like, I don't think that a, a forty-five is really going to take down bats with efficiency. Like, but they keep no, shooting no. guns at swarms of bats. It's kind of ridiculous. It, I mean, there's so many points that are ridiculous. We could never go through them all. Um, the, the bats knowing that they've put a tracker on one of the other bats. So they, <laughs> they, they kill that wings bat. Off, yeah. yeah. There are some issues with this film, uh, as far as believability goes. I will, I will give them um, one good thing. They bust this out a couple of times where like, you know, they're trying to be quiet and then they wake up all the bats and it's just like this swarm of yellow eyes that light up. Like it made for like two shots that were like somewhat interesting in the entire movie, but I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm really trying bats. I'm trying to, trying, trying to give you something. Um, so Jordan punch kicks. So we need to reestablish here for new listeners that the, yeah. the methodology of the crapathon rating is we know these are bad. No one's trying to change anyone's minds, but is it no. so bad that you had a good time watching it? Flash Gordon. Yeah. Terrible movie. Switchblade Sisters. Terrible movie. Was delighted watching them. <laughs> Double Impact. Terrible movie. Caitlin McKinnon was delighted. Oh my god. So delighted. That is the element that we are dealing with here. So when I agree with Caitlin when she says this was just unmoving, it wasn't even good bad. It wasn't even like 
kitschy bad. Like I could enjoy it. I didn't even know that woman was the mayor because I probably spent more time on my phone and tablet while this was on in the background than I have in a very long time. There's just nothing to really like. I don't regret watching it. It's 90 minutes. So, I mean, it's hard, hard to find fault with that. Yeah. But as far as like, is it one of the all time crapathon greats? No, it's like a five. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Hey, it's hard with these movies, right? Because it's a very fine line to go like good, bad, and bad, bad. <laughs> and people have different tastes. Like there are things that people are like, oh, it's so bad, it's good, and I've watched it, and I've been like, no, it's just bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I'll totally take it. Well, hopefully now making the transition from bad, bad to good, bad. I hope I was inspired. I've been inspired this year, y'all. I got a real extreme sports uh, theme I'm going with this year for Crapathon. Sometimes, sometimes things come into my brain and I think there's no way Caitlin McKinnon has not seen this, but in my due diligence, I have to ask if she has seen a certain movie and she says no. And the glee that I react with is nigh palpable and incontainable because that is how excited I am to talk about the 1991 action crime film Point Break with your girl Caitlin McKinnon if you don't know what Point Break is it stars Keanu Reeves Patrick Swayze Lori Petty and Gary Busey it is directed by Academy Award winner Catherine Bigelow (laughs) which I had I had forgotten (laughs) Until her name went up on the credits, and I was like, excuse me? My God. You want to talk about Mad Lib movies? Um, (laughs) The film features an undercover FBI agent, played by Reeves, tasked with investigating the identities of a group of bank robbers, who then develops a complex relationship with the group's leader. What is this group of bank robbers? They're surfers, Kate. They surf. Yeah, they are. All the time. This movie came out in 1991. It is definitely beloved by a certain generation of people who remember and love bad action movies of a sort that, like, this is definitely a movie of its time. Movies like this were getting made a lot back then. And frequently referenced in a film Caitlin watched this week, (laughs) which was Hot Fuzz. So, Caitlin, I'm just going to get out the lane and ask you one question. Yeah. Have you ever shot your gun in the air and yelled, ah? Uh, nope, but I will now. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin McKinnon, how did you enjoy spending time with Johnny Utah and the Bodhisattva? Um, This was, this was a great film because there were so many things that are referenced in other films. It's like when you, you, like when I was a kid, I of course seen The Simpsons. I had not yet seen, um, not The Outer Limits. What's the show? Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. And so when you finally see The Twilight Zone, and you're like, oh my god, this is what they were referencing, and it makes it like a thousand times funnier. Um, that is kind of what this did. So there are movies like Hot Fuzz and some other stuff that like references this movie. Um, even there are some lines did not know that they were from this movie. I mean, not, I'm sure they're common phrases, but uh, we wouldn't know them. So, like, uh, young, dumb, and full of cum, like, right. that kind of thing. Um, just, like, there's so many bits and pieces 
that you're like, oh my god, that's what this is from. Um, it has the most epic chase scene I have ever seen in my entire goddamn life. Most of the that, IMDb page on this movie deals around how they filmed the foot race scene. Um, that is chase. Bigelow right there. Like that. I just, it was so good. That's what I can't get over. I'm like, this is so good. There are other parts of the movie that are so bad. <laughs> the dialogue, Reeves is, I, I, li- I really like him, but he's not he a had strong not, actor. He had not found himself at that point in his career. Like No. Um, and, yeah, there's just, oh, there was a lot. There's a lot. Um, there was, yeah, it was just. Oh, the, the one I, thing, I can't. Yeah. I'll, let me throw some talking points out here. Um, because uh, someone cute had asked me if I, you know, did you watch both the movies you had to watch today? Because I watched these, but I had a little double, little crap double feature for myself on Saturday. Right. And they were asking, did you watch them? And it's like, how, how was it? Does Point Break hold up? Because she, she had not seen it either. And she's like, maybe I'll watch it with the kids tonight. And I was like, we'll see. Um, <laughs> it's like Point Break has one black person. One Latino person and one Anthony Kiedis in it, so <laughs> enjoy, yeah. enjoy that. Um, also, apparently, IMDb fun fact: uh, the second unit director wanted everybody to do fight training. Kiedis didn't show up; that's why he gets knocked out first. <laughs> right in the fight. Uh, also, shoots himself in his foot in the foot later on. I also remember that scene being really stressful to me when I watched this movie the first time. When they're like, they think they have a lead, they think they found the surfers, but it's not the like. The, the bank robbers are called the ex-presidents because they wear, um, like, rubber masks of old presidents. Um, yeah. Swayze being Reagan. Also, rip to the god, Swayze. Like, just, just <laughs> killing it. For everything that, for everything oh, yeah. that Reeves was like, eh, about Swayze is just, plays that guy he- so well. You know that oh, guy. Yeah. You know that guy who's like, namaste. Like... <laughs> It, yeah. it well, paints... now more than ever. At the time, that was probably, like, revolutionary. Maybe. Also, it just paints a real vivid... I'll put it this way. Like, I remember... So, this movie came out in 91, so I would have been just entering high school. And just entering high school was, like, the time I realized that, like... There were people out there who were, like, into things that I, like, never heard of. Especially, like, a version of, like, alternative California. Right. Like... If you were ever curious about what, like, the, you know, suicidal tendencies, uh, Jane's addiction type of California was, that scene mm-hmm. where they walk through the, like, weird party at Bodie's house, and it's just white people acting weird in that young white people late, early 90s way, like, I thought that was very, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember video, music videos like that when I was a kid. Um, yeah, so they played the ex-presidents, and uh J- johnny utah. his name is johnny utah i just still can't get over that uh, i know i know oh god i know keanu reeves aka johnny utah and like a few other fbi agents are have tracked who they believe are the ex-presidents but it's not they're actually just some weird kind of like nazi drug runners uh back to their just just beat up ass house that they live in. they're all living in in los angeles and just they start unloading all these guns and just the scene where it's like when's it gonna pop off yeah oh uh, so stressful I thought that was really stressful. That whole like shootout scene where <laughs> Ken Reeves gets his ass kicked by a buck naked woman. Yeah. And well, and then there's also after his knee goes the right. first time, every 
minute of every, like the chase, everything. I was like, his knee's going to go. His <laughs> knee's going to go. His knee, there's, oh God. Like Check, after. Chekhov's knee injury. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, yeah. Chekhov knee injury. And then like, oh, there's so many times that, that anytime they jumped from the plane, which is twice, I was just like, oh God, no. Um, yeah. Water is terrifying. So like. <laughs> any of the really big waves and like, and then the end was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I was so angry. I was so angry. Caitlin, tell us what happens at the end. Yeah. So there's been the, the whole movie. There's been the cat and mouse between Swayze and kind of, and Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves has like, you know, they're trying to stay. He thinks he's got a lead on them and they're going to hit up one more bank. Before they're basically they're financing their lifestyles with these really quick ninety second bank robberies. They go in, they just take the drawers. They never make a move for the vault. They're in and out, and they're ghosts. They're ghosts, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> they're ghosts after that. Also, I really like well, every time a movie reminds me that the internet didn't exist. Because <laughs> yeah. initially, when Swayze recognizes Reeves, it's like as the former quarterback from some college team. Yep. And then he's like, "Oh, I blew my knee out. I'm a lawyer now." I was like, that would never hold. You could just Google. You couldn't Google. It didn't exist then. <laughs> nope. Lying to, protect, lying to go undercover was so much easier then. Um, so they botch up the uh, the surveillance of this last robbery that they think they're going to hit because Gary Busey needs meatball sandwiches. I don't know why oh for some God. reason. I, I, oh, I wanted to punch everything. I don't know why for some reason I have never forgotten Busey hanging out of the car to reiterate that he wanted two sandwiches. I've never, 20, 30 years, Kate, I've never gotten Busey going, Utah, give me two. <laughs> never forgot that moment in, since I saw that movie in like 1992. Um, yeah. So Reeves' cover is blown because he's chasing um, Swayze through like every house in <laughs> in the Los Angeles yeah. suburb. He gets a pit bull thrown at him. It's uh, It's wonderful. And ultimately has a bead on him with the gun, opts not to shoot him. Hence, shooting your gun into the air and screaming, ah. <laughs> yeah. Reference later in Hot Fuzz. So after that point, there's all this, like, cat and mouse. Um, and ultimately, to save the woman he loves, uh, Johnny Utah kind of lets Swayze get away. He doesn't, he lets him go, but he doesn't. He didn't really have any choice. His knee went out again. Um, well, I, well, there was so much. There was so much. There was so <laughs> much about just, like, oh, there was so much the jumping out of the plane, the, the, like, like Swayze was like, if you let me go, I'll let like, she'll get let go. I, it didn't make any sense. This is what made me, I was angry. I was angry for so much of the film <laughs> because there were some things that just didn't make any sense. Um, and then Johnny Utah tracks him all over the fucking world. Finally Year, to years later, years like, later, you can tell cause he had long hair. Yes. He, well, no, I think it's a, it's not years later because I think they said that the wave, the Australian super wave, super storm was happening, oh, was happening next like, year. Ne- okay. So one year later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look at you paying so attention, catching the details. He's tracking him all over the world and missed him by a week in um, Fiji. In Fiji. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, so he tracks all over the world. 
He's like, man, I'm Stor- going to Stor- Storm back. of the century. Storm of the century. Biggest waves. Storm biggest, of the century. biggest break you'll ever find. Every, every 50 years, there's this mega dawn of a storm in Australia. And all these people, these surfers, Johnny Utah's like, anybody on the surf? And they're all like, dude, no way, man. No <laughs> uh, <laughs> surf that. Um, Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin. Know. Yeah. Death yeah. on a stick out there, mate. Death on a stick. What did I say? Anyway. The 90s were stupid. Um, so Johnny Utah finds Bodhi and is like, I'm going to arrest you now. I've got uh, their helicopters. There aren't like crazy armed FBI guys. And then they get kind of into a tussle. And then Bodhi's doesn't even make an argument. Like I thought there was going to be some like epic speech about like, he, he says he's like, I can't, can't survive can't in, in a, jail. Can't live in a cage, Kate. Can't live in a cage, man. And like, he's like, just let me surf this wave. You can arrest him when I get back. And Johnny Utah's like, yeah. Right. And then, but no, <laughs> Bodie won't survive. And he's like, yeah, surf to your death. And then throws away his FBI badge. But there was no like epic speech about like, you can't just like live inside the system. Or I expected more. I expected more of like a big statement about like, this is who I used to be, and then the reason I did X, Y, Z, and yeah. And then, so Johnny Utah wasted a bunch of federal money <laughs> going around the world <laughs> to catch Bodie to then let Bodie go to then not become an FBI agent. How was he getting back? Were they, is he hoping that's really, that really a great, great point? Back? How did they get out of Mexico? That was my first thought rewatching it. He finally he saves Lori Petty. Lori Petty didn't have a lot to do in this movie, but she comported herself admirably. She she did well with what she was given, I guess. Um, I guess. But when they, you know, are reunited in the middle of a Mexican desert, it's like, how did you get out of that? We don't have cell phones. Like, yeah. How did you did survive you, did that? You wa- yeah, and she was in like a nighty. <laughs> She's in a negligee for some reason. Like, I would think they'd like give her some like a robe or something. I don't know. Anyways, there were so many things that didn't make sense in this film. And that, I guess that's part of it, the glory. Um, but I wanted so much more because it could have been like, could have been epic, man. Epic, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. And then having Keanu Reeves, like there were moments where he'd be like talking like a surfer dude, but I couldn't tell. I was like, wait, is that how he speaks or is he making fun of them? Like I couldn't. He was not the right casting. Sorry. There's there's two moments. <laughs> the two moments I will never forget from this movie. One I was reminded of immediately when it happened. I've never forgotten Gary Busey asking for sandwiches. And I've also never forgotten in the scene where... So he's been... He starts this relationship with Lori Petty. Lori Petty was his in to get, to like get into these... Get in with these surfer cliques and learn how to surf in the first place. So he could start mingling with these guys develops feelings for her they start a relationship but he's been lying to her the whole time and it's in yeah. with her was to basically her parents died in a plane crash so he basically you know tweaks her empathy by saying he wants to learn how to surf because he lived his life for his parents and then his parents were killed in the car wreck and now he just realizes he's got to do stuff for himself so when she yeah. discovers his badge and like shoots a gun at the pillow next to him and is holding the gun on him and very upset and emotionally she says did you lie about your parents like Pee Wee herman and i've never forgotten it <laughs> Like that, that's how emotion was delivered. She's like, did you lie about your parents? 
<laughs> go back, go back and watch it. It's fucking amazing. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so uh, yes, I mean, this movie is iconic. Not all, not always for the best reasons, but <laughs> it's just you know we, this and this movie was huge. This movie made a shit ton of money, primarily on the strength of probably Swayze and Reeves because they were both coming off like. Dirty Dancing and Bill and Ted. Um, and, and surfing. And surfing. And surfing. surfing is so cool. Like, and I'm not being sarcastic. Like, surfing is just, like, the coolest thing. And it was also kind of like the culture at the time. Like, that that was kind of what was in the air. You will recall old farts like me. Like, there was a video. There was a computer game called California Games. Like, there were, like, these Olympic sports games that were, like, one was winter and one was summer. And then they made California, which had, like, hacky sack and surfing and, you know, Right. Skateboarding in it. Like that was that was the this is proto X Games type shit. This is proto Tony Hawk, proto X Games, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> dusty sandy guys hanging out on the beach, like talking like this and just being one with the ocean, man. It's all about the like flow and ebb and heartbeat of the ocean. Oh, <sighs> Rest in peace, Swayze. You're not really feeling it, man. <laughs> Caitlin, are you uh, feeling it? Are you feeling a rating for this this piece of cinematic wonder? Feeling, it's like it's a seven. All right. It's a seven, and I know that seems a little low, but I, I was so angry. <laughs> I was so angry, and there were there were things that, like, yes, were so bad they were funny. But some things I was just angry about, and I don't want to be—I don't want to be angry, amused. You don't want a movie to make you angry. Oh, that might happen a lot this yeah. month. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. No. Yeah, but I yes, but but like just even the like the wide cavern between the performances <laughs> of the two actors, like it just yeah. Not to say that Reeves hasn't caught up in subsequent years, but yes, young young Keanu Reeves was. Yeah. When he's giving his motivational speech to Gary Busey about how, are you, you mad? You feel alive now? You feel alive? Oh, it was so bad. Let's go so get the Tell me your theory and let's go get these guys. Okay, okay. Okay, Johnny Utah. Calm down. Both of these cinematic marvels are available on Amazon Prime if you have the <laughs> Stars expansion like Moneybags over there does. So... <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. Watch All this, dear. And from what I've heard, the uh, the attempted remake of Point Break is not worth watching. Maybe I should have given you that one. Maybe I should have been like, whoa, fuck it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I thought there was a sequel. Mm. There almost, there's also there a almost was one. That. Shut the fuck up. That's not what I have next week, is it? <laughs> not next week. Caitlin, don't make me watch yeah. another installment of the Bats franchise. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. So you check those out. Let us know your thoughts on any of these wonders via Twitter. That's where we can hang out, at least until we know what the state of the world is going to be going forward. And we'll be back next week for another installment of Crapathon. You want to announce what we got now? Do you know? Do you know what I have for next week? I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, then we will update it on the Twitter as need be. I know what Caitlin's got. And I'm so excited. I'm more excited to rewatch what Caitlin's got for next week than I could possibly have for anything she's going to give me. Because I haven't rewatched this movie in like at least 20 years. 
So that's going to be awesome. It's only on YouTube, y'all. That's how you know it's going to be good times. <laughs> Nobody even wanted oh, to pay no. for the streaming rates for this movie. It's just on YouTube. <laughs> No. Amazing. Come back for that. Friends, welcome to Crapathon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope that you come back for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. You know what that is. Are you guys using the microwave for a long time? <laughs> guys? Are you guys going to be using the microwave for a long time? Yeah, I'm doing the podcast. This is all that. staying in. <laughs> it affects the Wi-Fi. This is all staying in. <laughs> well, no, no, like, it happens. Like, <laughs> okay, but. Okay, so I'll just take a break. Jordan laughs hysterically. He thinks this is hilarious. No, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, COVID times, right? Yeah, it's fine. Best tag ever.